we are talking about a comic book, which we all read. If you did not also read this comic book, be aware we may talk about the events that happen inside of it. If this is going to make you sad, you should read the comic book first. Well spunked. Have you not been hearing me? Oh man, the goon! Welcome to the Trade Secrets Podcast. Sorry the neurons aren't firing today. Yes, it is. Exactly. Cleanses the palate with zombies. Comic book talk by comic book geeks just like you. Did I just have a stroke? That's a valuable misprint, sir. And now, your hosts, Luke Matthews. I'm still reading Powers. I am started the second hardcover, so I, I just got past the monkey sex. And B. I just think of it all as warning coloration. <laughs> and try to avoid. Joel Simon. That's okay. pretty telling of your personality, because I never saw it that dark. And Andy Padel. The most disappointing thing for me in the movie is that um, Will Smith never said, Oh, hell no! Shit is go. Welcome everybody to episode nine of the Trade Secrets Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Matthews, and I am joined today by the the plucky Andy Padel. Hi! The spunky Ann Bean. Hey, hey. And the funky Joel Simon. Wait for it. Sup. Sup. Wait, I get that back? You fucking won up me last show. I did, yeah. I got it. Pretty much. He kind of won up to you every show. Uh, a little bit, yeah, a little plus one. But you know, you got to take the got to take the subs where you can get them, right? Mm. Dear Twitter, <laughs> is being a dick. Fifteen <laughs> seconds into the show, uh, we're, we're getting live tweets. Uh, that's what I do. It is my it's my jarb. Jarb. Uh, this episode is going to be all about Terry Moore's Echo, the first trade called Moon Lake. Terrible. <laughs> and uh, we know what Andy thinks of it already. Well. Good. See you later, man. Well, we'll cool. see you on the next show. <laughs> we'll go around the room and talk about what we're reading. Uh, I I'll go first because I'm reading cool shit. I just started reading Ex Machina. Uh, bought the first hardcover trade and it's good so far. Everyone, you know, Andy specifically uh, tells me that it falls prey to the Brian K. Vaughan like ending implosion. But. <laughs> <laughs> But we'll see when we get there. Um, I I agreed with you on the why the mass why the why the why mass the mass land, land. <laughs> yeah why the mass land the man of the lost. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we'll we'll see if it it falls prey to the same thing. I'm also reading. I just started reading Lock and Key Keys to the Kingdom, which just came out. By far the weirdest of the Lock and Keys so far, and that's saying a lot because Head oh, Games right? was pretty fucking weird. Was say. Keys to the Kingdom. Um, yeah, Keys to the Kingdom uh, just came out. You know, one of the things I gotta say that disappoints me about this hardcover right here, it does not have a ribbon bookmark. Oh shit! Fuck you! And Bullshit! All the, all the others have Aww. ribbon bookmarks. Like c- consistency, people. Well, yeah. f- I mean, it's inconsistent in that it's also white as opposed to all the other black hardcovers. But whatever. Mm. But I have to. I have to ask. Okay, you finally read Walking Dead thirteen fourteen, right? Correct. Okay, and what do you think? I thought it was good. I thought it got overhyped for me because it's yeah. good, but it got really fucking overhyped for me. I, um, I, I thought it was. I thought it was amazing. There were people dying, well, l- limbs getting lopped off. 
So here's the thing that I think of, of Walking Dead now. I Don't get me wrong. I love it. It's one of my favorite comic book series. I will always think it's awesome. Um, I do think that that storyline was good, and I liked the way it ended, and I liked all the shit that happened. I, there were parts that I really did not like. Um, am I, am I, are you worried about spoilers? Have you read this? Are no, you, I you haven't care? read it. Yes, I kind of care. I can, I can go. Why, why don't you jump outside for two minutes? Okay. <laughs> Because I do really want to talk about this for a minute. Is, is that all we have to do? Yes, we're free. <laughs> okay, go. Um, Man time. <sighs> ah, yeah, kick back, relax. No, go ahead. So the, here's two major problems that I had with it. Um, one, and I, I said this on, I think, Twitter, but but I think I think the book has gotten to the point where it spoils itself, where you pretty much know bad shit's going to happen. You pretty much know the worst thing you can think of is going to happen, and it does, which is something that other books don't do, right? Other books, you expect people to get out of bad situations in some ways. In this one, you're pretty much expecting the bad shit. Oh, Everyone yeah, is fucked. Everyone's yeah. fucked, and everyone's going to die. That's that's the MO, and usually that's the one thing I expected is that with every trade paperback, at least one person dies a horrible death, and you, you it's pretty or much... Or nothing happens. Or nothing happens, exactly. The this I don't think it, I don't think been? there's been one where nothing happened. Twelve, though. no, 12. nothing happened in twelve. No, they they off that one guy, and then Rick like kind oh, of. The, thanks for they, narrowing it the, down. <laughs> they off the guy, they, huh? No, the guy, the wife beater, right? They that wasn't in twelve. That was in thirteen. What? Yes. No. Oh. Twelve was the one that started with them leaving the church and finding the town, and uh, ended yeah. them ended with them. Get the guns. Saying okay. get the guns and doing nothing. Yeah, that's true. So, but the one thing about 12 that I thought personally, and I don't want to get into this too much, is that it shows through, after their whole journey of going through the prison and dealing with the governor and everything and coming back that they are unable to trust other people. No, I understand yeah. okay. what they're doing. My problem is this. The, here's the second problem that I have is that – there were so many plot threads opened, so many things set up in that time that they spend in the town that just fucking fizzled out or didn't go anywhere. Robert like, Kirkman was like, I've set up this brilliant, brilliant masterwork. Everyone is intertangled like a spider web. And the best way to solve this is to light it on zon- fire. <laughs> light it on fire. Have zombies kill everybody. <laughs> the, the, things, the thing that bothered me, there were two major things that it's bothered like me. It's like fucking Game One of was, Thrones. It really, yeah. You really like these people? That's great. They're fantastic. Oh, they're dead. Yeah. Surprise. Well, I got more people. You're going to love Oh, they're dead. Um, oh, you see that person? You start, oh, dead. <laughs> this person, dead. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that... The I'm going to spend three books <laughs> developing this person so I can kill them yeah. in an unpleasant way. The thing that bothered me, the two main ones that bothered me was the the leader of the town, the guy, I don't remember names, so don't ask me. And I, I've I've learned not to give a shit about the names of anybody but fucking Carl <laughs> and Rick. Andy, right? Victim like, 47. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the, the because old, if you learn their name, you know what? Dead. Yeah. The, the thing about, the, thing about the, the guy that leads the town, there was this huge setup with him and his personality where he's super nice, super nice, super nice, and then he turns on a guy, right? And he's like, blah, 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 and he starts choking him and his wife comes in and tells him to, to shut up. And then his whole storyline just gone. Just what, nothing happens. What, what happened to the guy who got choked? Was that... Dead. He's dead, yeah. <laughs> I should have known. Uh, 
And then the other storyline that they opened up was the, the, his wife? the when they're talking. No, not his wife. When they were a little bit about his wife. Yeah, his no, his. No, they're talking wife? about talk, no. dead. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the other thing that they were talking. That Wait, they, let's let's wrap up the trifecta. What happened to him? Oh, dead. Yeah. <laughs> the. The other one that I didn't like was when they're talking about this Anderson guy, and they make such a huge deal out of this Anderson guy. They're like, "We can't have another Anderson happen," and the, the guy's like, "Don't, don't fucking talk about Anderson," and like all this shit goes on about this fucking douche named Anderson, yeah. and then all it is, and then the way they resolve the Anderson storyline is the dude's having a conversation with Rick, and he's like, "Yeah, Anderson was this guy that kind of went off the deep end, so we shot him." Yeah, what happened well, to him? dead <laughs> it was just like and that was it it was like the, this is the whole fucking thing about this anderson guy is oh yeah he kind of he kind of went nuts so we killed him blur yeah. like oh thanks thanks for telling us that th- this important plot point about something that has happened 40 dead. million times in this book already yeah, yeah. like she's it was, uh, there was cannibals in the woods there. trying to get people trying to get people and eat them what are they ha- what happened to them oh they, we fucking offed them like there's you know there's somebody's trying to lure zombies oh well, off him you know somebody's trying to stick like, with a fucking theme be like <laughs> we, we, what happened to the, the cannibals who are living in you know the, the with dead 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 yeah right what, what happened to the, the people dead well, what about dead <laughs> yeah exactly dead 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 <laughs> yeah so I don't know I just it, no there was that that guy that was beating his wife dead. oh dead oh. Well, yeah. what about his wife, though? Oh, dead. It's dead. And their, oh, and their kid, they, their they kid, had a kid, too. Though. They dead. had a kid. That, <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. So dead. Yeah. So very dead. Wow. Yeah. I don't know. So, Oh, wait. I'm sorry. So the wife, her hand was chopped off, then dead. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's true. I liked... I liked the overall thing, but I thought that... The, I thought that this is actually one of the weaker plot lines that... Plot line? Murder dead. is not a plot line. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it, I thought it was one of the weaker plot lines that they had overall in in the in the book, um, especially after the whole governor plot line and the whole thing with the prison. Like that was probably the best story they've done so far. Yeah. 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 And the doing this after it, like, just kind of it just kind of felt a little weak. And and then the shock ending to it felt. Like forced. It, it felt forced and it felt like I knew it was coming, right? So, Except it, it actually turned out better than I was expecting. I, I'm going to steal a line of mine from the other show. This uh, this particular volume had all the nuance and subtlety of a meat grinder. <laughs> yeah, right? Hey, there's all this stuff going. It's Dead. fucking 10 issues. 10 issues of them in the fucking town and nothing happening. And then how does this get resolved? A wall Dead. falls down and a bunch of people die because the zombies get in. Yeah. Thanks. That's uh, one of the worst resolutions. I, you know, you don't know you have, what I think of it. I'm not. I don't really like this fucking storyline. I think it's kind of dumb, actually. I have not finished uh, Ex Machina yet. Well, why don't we go let Anne back in now? Yeah. No, I think she should stay this. outside because that's where she deserves to be. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh. All right, we've we've spoiled enough stuff about Walking Dead. So now Here, l- can, let me uh, sum it up for you. Dead. <laughs> you know what? It kind of has that in the title, so I'm not too surprised. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> Why don't you take the other part of that and go walk? Oh. <laughs> what are you reading, Ann? Um. So I was at I was at grad school for a week. Um. I I I was sort of a, a kiss ass, but also. Not entirely. I, I had wanted to read these anyway, but I bought my my advisor's books. Uh, my advisor this semester is is Susan Kim, who mostly writes um, children's TV, oddly. But she did a couple of graphic novels with her her 
her boyfriend um and they're pretty they're pretty rad they're for young adults um they're enjoyable to read as an adult but it's intended for a young adult audience one's called city of spies and it's about um a two, city of spies two kids in uh world war Two that are in new york trying to uncover secret nazi spies like you do um the other one, which was, I think, my favorite, was called Brain Camp, and it's about two two teenagers um, who end up at a very creepy summer camp that's sort of Stepford Wives of summer camp. Awesome. Um, everyone that comes out of this summer camp comes out incredibly brilliant in a, in a very creepy and robotic sort of way, so they're uncovering the deep and terrible secrets. <laughs> so the, the real question we need to know is, what was your keg stand record? It's college, right? That's how college works. Yeah. It was a really interesting combination of I drank more shitty Canadian lager than I think I ever have. Labat! Right? Labat ice. Kokanee. Labat ice? Not even Labat brew! (laughs) No, it was all Labat ice. Well, Vermont uh, is pretty much up there. They're they're pretty much Canadian, right. anyways, right? Mm, and the thing cherry. is, it's grad school, so there's also a contingent of like middle aged mothers who drink wine, and other people that drink wine. So it, it was mixed. There was less of the keg stand. And what? Oh, that sounds boring. I know, right? Wine in a box. It was. It was more like no. <laughs> That's a slap. It in was the less, ladder. slightly less Franzia. And more, no, God. <laughs> <laughs> Garcon, give me your finest box wine. <laughs> no, it was a good time. Cool. Yep. Good. So, young adult graphic novels. That is all the comics I've read lately. Sad. Neither of which I've ever heard of. No. So Susan Kim is the author. She's neat. Self-published. She's or? a fantastic advisor. Yeah. Uh, no, it's published by First Second, which I hadn't even heard of, but now I have. Ha ha. <laughs> um, I also went to a workshop and realized that I have to read Promethea again. I've never read Promethea. It's. I the mean, first half is, is it more good. Neil Gaiman? No, it's no, Alan it's Moore. Alan Moore. Hmm. Ellen Moore and J.H. Williams III of Desolation Jones. Oh, okay. Um, who I've decided is cool because he always does cool stuff with his gutter, his gutters. In, yep. Yeah. In Promethea as well. Um, I'll, have to, I'll take yep. a look. But it I've totally so connects to the to Kabbalah. Oh, wow. Uh, what? It was the last thing that Ellen Moore did before he went completely batshit. <laughs> like, you can, you can see I him can see leaning that, like, right toward. <laughs> like, there's the line where you're like, that person is. Fuck that homeless guy over there is insane. Oh, that's mm-hmm. Alan Moore. Yeah, it was right before that point. That, I'm going to make now. my own religion. Right? Did he? Yeah. 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 He, he may or may not worship a deity that does or does not exist. He will not confirm or deny this. Yeah. That actually sounds completely logical with, for him. With his wife and his girlfriend. His, uh, his, how's that different from any other religion? Uh, no, I don't know. Well, it the girlfriend really hides in his beard. <laughs> 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 Wait a minute. She's not his beard? Oh. Amazingly not. Like, I yeah, his, myself a no, his Wikipedia page is pretty uh, awesome. <laughs> I'm gonna have to check that out. So, Andy, what do you read? Um, so, do you remember about two months ago when I said that I stopped reading the new, or I, I refused to read the new X Men comic because it had to do with vampires? Uh huh. Well, they decided to release it as a hardcover trade. I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm gonna give it a shot. I'm gonna see how it. That was the wow. worst mistake I could have done. Wow. You was, you really are a sucker, aren't you? I really am. It was. It's pretty bad. The I've only read a couple issues. Like what kills me is the the current stuff is pretty decent actually. Those first five issues that curse the mutant storyline, just garbage, complete and absolute garbage. Mm-hmm. It's got vampires. How could it be garbage? I mean, wait a minute. That's millions. 
I know all of those words. The order you put them in makes no fucking sense whatsoever. There was a missing not, actually. Yeah, exactly. How garbage. could that not be vampires. garbage? <laughs> not that all vampire literature is bad. Just yeah, recent trend of vampire literature. With, I mean, Bram Stoker, how long ago did he write Dracula? Vlad right. the Impla- Impaler. You was know? that like 1910? It was Something like that. I, I was, it no, was I earlier, earlier than that. It was late 1800s, yeah, I thought. 1890, maybe. Vlad the Impaler, he would he would impale people. That's how he got his his name. I mean, how core... Really? Yeah. There was Holy also- shit! He was You've really- opened up worlds to me, sir. Exactly. That oh, my was- God. There was also Ludmilla the Mild Bludgeoner, but she wasn't as popular. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now you guys are making fun of me. But anyway, yeah. So vampires and mutants don't exactly mix... Bad writing and good art don't necessarily mix. <laughs> hey yo, any blackula? So you're talking about anything by Jeff Blade's Loeb? There. Oh, what? He's Blade kinda, is in there. Yeah, he's in there, and he's got a mustache. What? It's really what? weird. It's coming back. It, no, it's does not. he still really. have the flat top? Yeah. He, well, it's he's getting bald. Okay, because he's older now. You know, uh, hence yeah, the mustache. That. that totally makes sense. He's played by Carl Weathers now. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Blade walks out drinking the finest grape soda he could find. <laughs> <laughs> You guys are horrible. <laughs> and the other book, uh, the good thing that I've been reading is Journey into Mystery, which is the replacement title for Thor because they started the new Thor line. Yeah. Um, Thor became Journey into Mystery, and I said, fuck that. This is stupid, so I'm not going to read it. Then I was looking at the art in the book, and I'm like, okay, I'll give it a shot. Who does the art? Uh, I don't remember right now. Thanks for being prepared. Hey, I do what I can. Uh, however, the story is about young Loki, and Loki sort of coming to the point where he realizes that he has to be a dick in order to have the best possible outcome when the end of the world comes. Mm-hmm. So you, you go from watching him be this likable character, and you're watching him slowly evolve into the Loki that everyone hates. That's kind of cool. That's what I wish episode three, Revenge of the Sith, had been. <laughs> yeah, everything it could have been. What? Like, it, I, I wish they. There's had only been three Star Wars movies. Okay. Yep. That's true. Well, four if you count the Christmas special. Nope. <laughs> Five if you count the uh, Ewok. There were two thing. Ewok oh, adventures. Yes. Thank you very much. Fuck no, yeah, Wilford Brimley. Yes. Uh, Ewoks and diabetes. <laughs> <laughs> the beatus. Uh, the oatmeal. Yes. His uh, his best role ever was uh, the old Cajun dude in fucking uh, Hard Target. I love that movie. That is the second best Jean-Claude Van Damme movie. And it is the best American John Woo movie. Good point. Yeah. What was the first? Cyborg. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you would say Bloodsport. You just said that out loud. I don't care. Oh, wow. (laughs) He impales a dude while doing the splits above him, and it never occurs to the guy below him. Punch up. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That that makes me want to see it right there. Yeah. Yeah. He does a lot of splits. It's got two sequels, none of which have anything to do with the first movie. Nice. I see. I gotta put. Uh, I gotta put fucking Universal Soldier in there, man. I mean, honestly, you could have Universal Soldier. You could have. I mean, like you could put Time Cop above Cyborg. <laughs> no, no, Time Cop was terrible. Time Time Cop was like even bad for a Van Damme movie. It was bad. What about you, Joel? What are you reading? Uh, I'm reading Ex Machina. I th- I thought it ended well. As opposed to what Andy thought. Would you like me to step outside so you guys can discuss yes. the ending? Wait, you're going to... No, because you're going to do all the editing. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, yeah that's true. Uh, you know, I'm just not going to talk about the ending. I just thought it ended well. And when you finish it, we can discuss this later. 
I thought it was pretty okay. well. There, there was a lot of storylines that he just kind of left hanging, and he would examine All something of and them. just no, no, no. <laughs> Apparently, no. there was an ex machina in ex machina. Yeah, so I yeah, hear. Definitely, they're just like I can't really finish this. So hey, we've got this, this ex machina. I'm using it correctly, right? Correct. And, okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And then I read X Men Second Coming, which I thought was pretty awesome. It's getting the whole um, hope Summers is coming in, and and uh, they kill off kill off comic book heroes. Hope is another Summers. <clears throat> hope is another Summers. No, she's not. Th- what? No, she's not. I think she is. Uh, every fourth character is a Summers in that series. I don't think she's actually related. I think she takes the surname because she's raised by Cable. Really? Yeah. But she's she's a no. Phoenix. I think she she's actually she's is. a Phoenix. No, no. I, th- I need to I need yeah. to look it up though. Okay, but anyway, I'm reading, I, the I'm reading Generation Hope, and I'm pretty sure that she says that she's actually somehow related. She's from the right area, but I didn't think she was. And the How can but it the not funny thing, a new X Men series without somebody else that's in that family. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And they they had to kill off one person, and they, it gets he's probably going to come back too. Oh wait, he did come back. Cable did come back. Cable's back. Yeah, as X Man. No, X Man. You mean Nate Gray? Yeah, Nate oh, Gray. Wait, is, no, Nate no, Gray and X Men are different people. Yeah. What? Oh God, I can't keep or the whole Cable rather Gray Summers family well, together. They're come back. the same genetic material. Yes, and but it's not cable. Yeah, it was a it was a great story because I I thought how Bastion and all the super enemies of X Men came about to you know corner them in the corner and and start corner them in the corner. God, well, they tried cornering them eloquent. on the sidewall, but it was just awkward. Yeah, oh, this is going to be a long podcast. Uh, Let's corner them in the round room. They, that can't fail. They, <laughs> they cornered them in a. Right angle location, <laughs> <laughs> and how about they just cornered them? Yes, English. Is that was it, it just cornered English. them? They cornered them. <laughs> That's impossible. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No. I. Anyway, they they had them cornered and then beat them within an inch of their lives, and they came back. But I, I find it funny that they always bring back the Phoenix because even though you don't like them, I'm reading the Dark Phoenix Claremont run and i think that's what really ran x-men and got them the going. original <clears throat> dark phoenix saga is a good storyline yeah everything else claremont has written has been trash yeah side note uh gabriel ba is doing one of the uh comic book defense fund art pieces Yay. and the theme this year is uh what got you into or the first x-men issue you saw and his was the one uh, where it's like Jean Grey must die, and it's got Cable shooting his optic blast while he's holding Jean Grey's hand. It looks amazing and fantastic. And it's Gabriel Bach, okay. so how can you go wrong? And we're done. He just said amazingly fantastic. In one That's sentence. two yeah. drinks, people. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't count when Joel says it. Well, I, no, but you, you said it. You said it. it. Anyway, I, I just find it funny that they always have to go back to the Phoenix like every ten years or so. About ten years. Yeah. Well, you know it's funny too because they did the gener- they did the Second Coming stuff. I, I haven't read all of it. I've kind of flipped through it just to mm-hmm. kind of get a background. I picked up the <laughs> trades and flipped through it uh, because I started reading Generation Hope, and it's amazing how they did the Second Coming stuff in Uncanny. Right? That was Uncanny, uh, and it was X Force and, and, uh, and New Mutants. Yeah, Mutants. and. Uh, I always felt like the the first four issues of of Generation Hope should have still been part of Uncanny X Men because 
it was still mostly Cyclops and Wolverine handling everything for Hope instead of her doing anything. So it should have been, and there was a point where they get into Generation Hope and she finally comes into, comes into Cyclops' office and is like, stop interfering with my team and give me a real team and let me do my own shit because I can. And that's when they start doing stuff in Generation Hope. It's like that should have all that should have been the start of Generation Hope. Mm. It should have been in Uncanny. She walks into his Scott's office and says all that shit, and then starts her own team. And that should have been where Generation Hope. Yeah. Generation Hope. Side started. note: Let's talk about the X Universe for one more minute with Schism. There is a giant threat approaching the X Men. There have been four books called Prelude to Schism. They're talking about the threat that's going to wipe them all off the face of the planet. I have no idea what this threat is, and I read like five X books. No idea. I, you know, that's, that's a good thing. Because yeah, a friend well has there. been lending that to me, and I, I read the first one. I was like, okay, what's this big threat? I'm like, I don't know. It's like the way they don't explain it anywhere, but there's nope. this. What? This I think, madness. I think it's going to come from uh, fear, fear itself. Fear yeah. itself, yeah. yeah. The thing's just going to show up with a big hammer. Sin's going to rip the Yancey on a very special Fantastic Four. (laughs) The Yancey gang's last hurrah. Oh, (laughs) so dumb. Yeah. So, uh, but to go to roll into comic book industry news, there was a on on Facebook. There was a post about Jim Shooter's movie treatment of Dazzler. Amazing. Okay, so the one thing the one thing about Dark Phoenix Saga is that where they introduce Shadowcat, which is a great character. I love Mm Shadowcat, and then Dazzler, which I really have no idea what she was for. So Jim Shooter, yeah, Jim Shooter was the guy that Jim was very popular at the time with Dazzler. But Dazzler was made in in get the the name right. What the name right? Disco Dazzler. There you go. Oh God, they cut it down. Her whole name. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So. The reason why they came up with this because the main editor at the time wanted some some comic book character that could be rolled into like a studio act, right? A studio artist act, so they could have this backup band play this music, and then they have Dazzler on on the cover, and it's you know Dazzler disco music. So they came up with Disco Dazzler, and they were going to roll it into this this one guy. I got a record shooter. company, right? Oh. No, they're going to roll it into a record company. They proposed to the record company. He's like, okay, well, you got to ha- make a movie for this with all my these guys I have under contract. So who he had under contract was Donna Summers, Cher, Kiss, The Village People, Robin Williams, Rodney Dangerfield. Uh, there was somebody else. Why did this not happen? Wait, 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 wait the two guys. Um... Oh, uh, Linny and Squiggy. Yeah. Yes. Linny Squiggy, and if you read, if you read this, my God, this would have been like a, like a, a mutant and musical version of it's a mad, 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 mad world. It's right? spectacular. No, so, it's, so it's great. So basically, and Dazzler is in thrown into it too, and I think Bo Derek was going to be Dazzler. So Don't and they, forget, that's amazing. How many different people does Rodney Dangerfield play? He plays four. That's fucking he plays, awesome. He plays. He plays. Okay. Wow. <laughs> he plays the lawyers Dewey, Cheatham, and Howe. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then they form. They form. They're actually avatars, and they form into Lord Chaos. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> nice. It's, so the pitch of this, and he wrote, and they they wanted this pitch to to go to the the record deal, and he wrote it in four days. Right. Um, it wasn't a lot of a lot of time, so he just threw it together, and basically, it's Escape from New York. Cher is the witch queen that owns like North 
North Manhattan and Donna Summers is South Manhattan. That's true in real life. You know. <laughs> <laughs> and and so Robin Williams is, is escaping from from Rodney Dangerfield. This, these lawyers are chasing him down and they're trying to cause chaos, right? And so as he runs into the witch queen, Cher, and Cher has her dread knights, which is Kiss. And Kiss, all the characters have, like like Gene Simmons and Cat Star Guy. I don't know all the Kiss characters, but they all so have superpowers. Is, so this is like <laughs> this is like Labyrinth and The Wiz kind of That's mixed amazing. together. With, with Escape from New York. <laughs> awesome. And... And they're being Kiss is chasing Kiss is chasing after Robin Williams on uh, Volkswagen Meth. chariots <laughs> led by unicorns. God, yes, it's amazing. And Jesus so he, he goes Christ. to the South Manhattan, which has the village people, and the village people has all these different powers. Like yes, the police guy, true. the police guy has a has stop a sign. Energized? <laughs> no, he has an energized <laughs> stop. Oh God, my stop sign is of no use. A taser, stop kicking yeah. me. He has an energized nightstick. The the construction guy has a jackhammer that that causes earthquakes. <laughs> these are all. There, there's so many comments I can. Make I know it's here. it's amazing. I gotta I gotta link you to it. Those but, are very fascinating. It goes through objects. It goes through all Jim Shooter's thing, and it's all because they wanted to mix in comic. A books guy named Jim Shooter. Writing a story where the village people have energized nightsticks. In four whole days. Yeah. And jackhammers. Yeah. And jackhammers, yeah. And eventually, Jesus Christ. And eventually... and That's like Ronnie 96 hours worth of coke. Yeah. <laughs> and they were trying to make an a Ewok special, you know, like an hour special, but it was so awesome that they wanted to make a movie out of it. Why does this not exist? <sighs> the final battle between Kiss and the village people. Come on. That's got to happen. Spectacular. Mm. Uh, so, a, a small, short thing of industry news that, that there's a new book coming out called The Infinite by uh, Robert Kirkman that's being drawn by Rob Liefeld, and they've they've released two teaser kind of teaser poster things about it, which most teasers are used to draw the audience's attention, as opposed to revolt, <laughs> as, as opposed to <laughs> fail at drawing. Right. Yeah. There, I, there are two perfectly is, good pictures in that one first yeah. teaser, <laughs> right? I just like what I don't. Rob, <sighs> so frustrating. So like frustrating Rob Liefeld, like, like everybody's like, "Oh, Rob Liefeld, he's coming back!" Yeah, because he's even drawing Hawk and Dove too. Like something like he's drawing a DC book, which I think mm-hmm. is Hawk and Dove. Yeah, and yeah, um, or at least he's doing covers and. Is he, that because Jim Lee is throwing him a bone? It has like to be. The old it has image to be. days. It's like, hey, buddy, I can get you back into it. He can't draw. No. He can't draw. He can he, draw. He can just only draw certain angles or halves of faces. And unfortunately, they don't happen on the same panel. Because <laughs> <laughs> the, first, the first teaser shows this character, Bowen, and he looks like like he looks like fucking sloth from Goonies. Like one eye is like the left half of his face is a good three inches lower than the right half of yeah. his face. And then they re- released a second teaser thing with a different character, and he's got the same fucking problem. How hard is it to line up somebody's eyes on their fucking head? Maybe he's going Come for on. a whole dolly thing, like a little <laughs> surrealism. Because that's exactly what the comic book industry needs right now, right? <laughs> surrealism in comic yeah. books with melty faces and clocks hanging on branches. The, the French made a business out of it. I just don't. I I don't understand. Like he, how can you be? 
20 years into the industry now and still not have learned anything about how to fucking draw a hum- human anatomy in a book that's entire in a industry that's entirely about drawing fucking human anatomy you lack talent <laughs> he, he peaked too soon it pisses me off because he robert kirkman is awesome and i like most of what robert kirkman does save for super dinosaur but the infinite just it it could be awesome and i won't read it because fucking liefeld draws it yeah it, it you know, if they ever do a special edition where somebody with talent actually draws, does the artwork, then maybe I'll read it. But I wonder why they've never, why they don't do that in the comic industry. Like they do that with movies all the time, right? Mm. They'll go back and they'll redo special effects, or they'll, you know, they'll spruce things up, make it look better. Remastered. Why don't they ever take? Why don't it's they really ever good, take? Yeah. Why don't they ever take really well written but poorly drawn or datedly drawn comic books and redo the art? Like that would be fucking spectacular because I would love to see the Watchmen drawn by you know. I think J. H. Williams actually would be a really good Watchmen artist. That would be pretty cool. Yeah, I just and it's I not it's I not even know. necessarily that the artwork was bad. In some cases, it's, it's just that it's of dated. The time. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. just dated, right? Yeah. Like, um, because people don't draw like Jack Kirby anymore, and even though he's famous, his artwork is pretty dated, and people don't don't draw like that anymore. So. I don't know. That's yeah. that's a side. If you do draw that, like that, it reads very like. Yeah, it's like oh, it must be a classic. Comics, you know? mm, yeah, yeah, heroic age or whatnot. You know, I th- I think that life will just peak too soon. He's like, I made cable, bitch. I I was part of. He image. didn't even make cable. He drew cable. <laughs> yeah, fucking Simonson created cable. Well, he took it as his own, I guess. I, I put pouches on people's ankles <laughs> yeah. on the inside of their calves, <laughs> and I can't draw feet. <laughs> I, no, he, does I not, he just hands. doesn't draw feet. Yeah, but at know, least he attempts to draw hands, and he's bad at it. But feet, he just fuck it. I'm just gonna put a giant thigh in the way. Like <laughs> I can't, I can't do it. Thighs in the way it. of your feet. Oh, we can still see his feet. Oh, my goodness. I don't get what I don't get. I don't get how Liefeld still has appeal either, because his shit hasn't changed. Right, his designs still look like they're from 1991, mm. and. The industry has moved beyond him, and yet people are still excited to see new shit from him, Nostalgia. even though it looks like crap. Nostalgia. I mean, uh, maybe you guys know about that. I mean, playing old games or seeing sure. seeing old stuff. He was like, ah, oh, yeah, I remember Garrison that. Kane, minus uh, the half metal okay. face. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty much the same guy. Wait, but it, see, if you look at this drawing, star? his eyes are even. Does he have a big star coming out of his, his metallic eye? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. so. It's so bad. Uh, Why is it so bad? Anyway, let's talk about Echo. Let's do it. I will tell you the reasons so. why I picked it. Okay, I, go ahead. I picked it for two reasons. One, Sorry. I picked it because the main character is a girl. And two, I picked it because you it's written. It. What? You hadn't read it. Uh, <laughs> I, it was written and drawn by the same person was my other rationale. And I was looking. I, really, I just wanted to make you guys read comics about girls. Um, so I looked at a bunch of stuff and I was like, eh, we'll go with this. I'd read a little bit of Strangers in Paradise and I was like, okay, he, he, here he's tackling a much more serious subject. I'm interested to see how he does it. Um, okay. 
So the the one thing <laughs> he says with minimal enthusiasm. The one thing I okay. The first thing I'm going to touch on has absolutely nothing to do with the writing or the artwork in the book. Sure. Um, and I'm going to say this: it's published by Abstract Studio. I don't know if that's Terry Moore's personal thing or if it's if it's actually a studio that publishes other books, but. The quality of the printing in the trade paperback is wildly inconsistent. I would agree. And I can't stand that because there are some pages that are so terribly digitized that they look unfinished. And then there are some that are really, you know, really nice, crisp and clean. Um, And it, it actually ruins the book at points where you, you see one nice, crisp, clean page and then, yeah, and then you go to the next page, and then all of a sudden everything looks uh, like it was badly scanned and like scanned in at very low Scan resolution. Lines. It's it's frustrating to see that kind of inconsistent quality. Did nobody sit down and look at this book before they fucking you know released released it? That so was I'm, that was frustrating. I'm pretty sure that it. it actually got collected almost as soon as it came out of single issues. That doesn't matter. It's, I mean, it, you've got to. You've got to sit down and look at it. 2008. I think it's earlier than that. I think it's no, 2008. Is it? I I don't know. The thing is, overall, overall, I have to like I have to preface this by saying, overall, I really did. I did like the book and I enjoyed the story and I really enjoyed the characterization. On the other hand, it felt like the type of thing that, and this is going to sound odd. it, It felt like the type of thing that I would do at this point in my writer career. I am a beginning writer. I'm just sort of like delving into graphic novels and not necessarily because of the plot and not necessarily because of the characters, but overall I was like, you know what, if, if, you know, if I could draw well, like Terry Moore can draw well, I would, I would end up with a graphic novel like this. Um, in terms of like, this is about my ability of production and whatnot. And that, read as strange because after strangers in paradise i was like hmm. using the term graphic novel to describe this book seems incorrect to me okay, it comic. is a collection it of is comics comic. it's not a single sorry story no, i mean it's I'm, you can totally use graphic novel and someone will know what you're talking about but when i think of graphic novels i think of no that is isolated, a, a one shot yeah like that's fair persepolis I, but, is a graphic novel yeah. this is a comic well right. but see there, there are there are some that i think blur the lines a little bit like last days of american crime is blurs the lines a lot it came because out in yes, issues, it, came, it did come out in three issues but when you read it as a single singular story it doesn't really it doesn't really separate into those issues very well right, right. so it's it could be the the considered. collected format of it could be considered a graphic novel, but this this is much farther into the spectrum of comic book it is. than yeah. graphic it novel. Is. That's fair. I'll start off by saying that I don't mind Terry Moore's art. Um, I don't know that it's suited for this type of story. Uh, it was definitely interesting in terms of like what it did in this type of story. I don't know if he like Terry Moore does it oh, meant to do it or not. But. Terry Moore does an excellent job of drawing real life. Oh hell yeah, absolutely. And that's it, what it, was interesting to me was like for a semi only semi fantastic story, how realistically everything was drawn. Like his idea, like so his implementation of doing normal everyday stuff is fantastic. When he tries to do something that's a little bit more out there, it seems very forced and somewhat unoriginal. His first superhero suit is like a guy with a jetpack and a uh, like a BMX helmet. When she gets the suit, it's just basically that he's drawn an extra outline to show the metallic skin over her. Yeah. Um, I think... Uh, see, what's weird is that you guys are saying how, how well he draws real life and how realistically rendered things are. And I actually... I, I kind of think the opposite. I think he... 
he's he does a good job of doing cartoony caricatures of real life. Yeah, it's not portrait yeah. right? by any yeah. means, but I'm just saying. Which is fine. Like his car- his caricatures are, are they're well rendered. It, he's really bad at drawing vehicles. I'll t- I'll say that much. Um, <laughs> his people are awesome and uh, his expression, his like facial expression is really really good. Um, I I don't know. I maybe it's the writing that I have the big problem with. I just I feel like his art is really good, but it is not it doesn't fit the story that he's trying to tell here. I could see that. You know, it, it's very fitting for, for Strangers in Paradise, yeah. right? Because Strangers in Paradise is a teen drama, basically. Um, 20-something. Well, yeah, but... It's a drama. It's a drama based around drama. R- relationships and stuff. So it his... And, and the big point behind Strangers in Paradise at the time was the fact that he was able to render people, especially women, who were more realistically proportioned than the typical comic book heroine. Right. So, His people look like real people. And right. Not fake You have people, people with waddles and a right. little bit of chin fat and, you know, stuff like that. And it, it's cool. It's That's fine for that particular storyline. This, when he's rendering... A conversation and stuff it's fine but the times when he has to draw action he seems a little less at home with it i think he yeah he it's not quite as as well handled on the on the good side of the spectrum though the scene that he draws with um after the after the dude gets killed in his apartment and the cops come in, and the the body's like strung up in his in the apartment. Yeah. I really like I really like that scene. I really like the way it's rendered. What bothers me about it was the stupid panel design that like interferes with the page, basically. And it's like that should be a splash. That should be an uninterrupted splash. Mm. Um, instead and it, of a bunch of concentric of rectangles, a, right? And it it kind it actually kind of. Surprise, Terry Moore, your eye is naturally drawn to the center of the page. You don't need to... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. To the giant thing that everybody in the page is looking at and everything in the panel is pointing toward. What would actually yeah. help, I think, is arrows pointing towards <laughs> the center. Right here. There's the vivisected guy. Did you not notice him? So, yeah, I, All the um, lines, even, if you look at... like. If you were to remove the, uh, the boxes, lines. the lines lead into the center exactly. of the page. The various tendons and bits of entrails and whatnot all go towards the center of the page. Those are mighty stretchy tendons, I have to say. Yeah, and skin and whatever the hell it is. Flesh. And and that's, uh, you know, I, I liked, I don't think Terry Moore's art is, is suited for a superhero tale. Um, and I especially, and I'll, I'll give you the example of where I think it's the worst, is that the, the battle toward the end when he's got military officers, you know, firing on on Echo or whatever the fuck her name is. Um, she's not topless Julie. because she's wearing skin tight metal on her top. Yeah. Um, it, the, the military guys, one, they look kind of goofy. Um, so they're not really, they don't feel threatening because they feel like, they feel like they're cosplayers. And the other part, the, the fucking, the stupid special effect, noises that he puts in zack pow 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 really um it's very manga to me it yeah and it, cartoony is the way it comes across it's, to me it doesn't it, it's got the emphasis on giant words to describe action like manga but none of the style yeah that's fair um 
and there it just the 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 way he draws the camouflage on the on the guys it just looks scribbly and i i don't know i just that is that is a failing i think of the artwork in this book that his action is is not not well rendered um so the breasts, however, are incredibly the, well rendered. The breasts are pretty there is amazingly rendered. Serious loving detail. Paid attention to them in every single panel. Read this in. book, if nothing else, for the breasts. For no, boots. actually, as for in terms of like reading this from a female point of view, I appreciate Terry Moore's breasts <laughs> because okay, he's been sitting in a chair for a long time, and they've developed over these years. Indeed, no, but they are like realistically like real people rendered which is which is refreshing i mean i think that's the reason why this whole story kind of appeals to me not the breasts but the fact that it is a like realistic rendering rendering of a superhero story like that much is interesting to me in the same similar vein to why all of the like powers type superheroes but in the real world things are interesting to me to get to the writing since we're going there do um, we have to there there i have so many problems with the writing in this book just uh, this, the con- let me first say the concept is is really cool. I, I like the idea behind I it. I like the plotting a lot. Like I like the plot. I don't necessarily like the dialogue. I don't like the dialogue at all. Um, I like the plot. I agree, except that I think, and this is maybe a failing of the dialogue more than anything else. I think he is good at rendering relationships. You know, human relationships. Oh yeah, yeah. He does way too goddamn much of it here. Um, we want to see a story about this girl and her crazy zappy armor and how it's going to affect her life. We don't want to spend four pages on an argument between her and her soon-to-be ex-husband. I kind of wanted to smack her during that whole time. Uh, And at the same time, like, okay, as much as I totally did totally want to smack her because she was being a horrendous human being during that time, and at, at the same time, I was like, huh, that it is one way to show that like our protagonist is has flaws has flaws and is kind of sucky and kind of whiny and kind of does not have her shit sorted in any way shape or form i don't think he needed four pages to convey exactly that. that's i think I'm... he could have done it in one or two but uh... oh sorry five pages um and and that's the biggest problem with me is that he he doesn't concentrate enough on the main story instead he, he he's trying i understand that he's trying to develop julie as a realistic human being but my god you can do that without without shoving it in my face all the time yeah you know and maybe and, he's trying too hard yeah he, i i think that's it and what's funny is that he spends so much time developing julie and um oh, fuck what's his name the the park ranger the guy, dude the dude he spends so much time developing them as characters that I think he fails to develop anyone else, which leads to scenes that really bother me. Well, there's, I don't know. Um, what's her face? The men the, in black lady. Yeah. 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 Um, I thought it was With the interesting magically color that, changing hair. Right. Um, it was interesting that we get her introduced first as like kind of a tender moment as a mother. And then like, Oh, by the way, she wears black turtlenecks and kicks ass. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I like that scene too. Yeah. But, I okay. I think hold on slow, I just because I want to say one thing because there was one there's a couple of things in here that bother me about the side characters namely the first doctor that she encounters when she goes to the hospital who 
she goes to the hospital with a problem. She's clearly distraught. She's got this thing stuck to her body. And because the doctor gets shocky shocked by it, he's like, fuck you. Is this some sort of prank? Get the fuck out of my hospital. And this leaves her. And then all the nurses are like, you can leave now. I'm like, come on. Like, this lady has a genuine problem, and she's in a fucking hospital trying to get help. I'm sorry. If the doctors got shocked, that would intrigue them. It would not force them. It would not. They wouldn't be like, you prank, silly prankster, get out of my hospital. And you know why I think that rang false to you is because the rest of the story is so realistically rendered in terms of, like, human relationships that that came off as like i'm gonna jump over my own pothole oh yeah no kidding oh speaking of speaking i gotta i gotta i gotta bring this up because i I don't know if you guys noticed this did you notice that in the scene where the doctor touches her her chest i i can't you know tell you page numbers because it doesn't have page number um in the panel where he actually gets zapped he touches her chest with his left hand and then in the panels after it he's holding his zapped right hand (laughs) oh snap yeah like come on dude Uh... you're drawing your own book like, <laughs> I'm just, um, my biggest problem actually is why didn't the truck get superpowers? She got hit with the pellets. She got superpowers. Why, why can't it be like Super Truck? The Adventures of Super Truck and Boring Girl. That would be special. <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing. I wish the dog had gotten superpowers, man. This book needs a crypto. It should. It the dog should have because if it's like living things, then well, yeah. it's probably like. The echo of Annie's only <laughs> soul must inhabit another human female. The metal, and not a dog, because that's awkward. What about a truck? <laughs> the Maybe metal will only attach... Annie the truck. Knight Rider 2008. <laughs> the, My the metal love is turned into a truck. The metal will only attach to things whose breasts it can enhance. Dumpy <laughs> truck, what did we do today? Dude, was that not I convenient? I do not know what we should do. I was in the sky and I got blown up. <laughs> oh... I thought it, it was hurts. really convenient that her breasts were like very nicely covered. Yes. Like you didn't get the half and then like the nip slip because that would just be <laughs> That would have been nice though. Metal boobs with metal nipples. Giant metal boobs. Yeah. No, I okay, I got to say maybe maybe Giant I'm just I'm new mom. to this, but I I like the book. And and here's the reason why. It was, it's something new. Andy's trying to hide his his smile in there. There was a it it does it these characters are flawed you know uh-huh. and that and that's the reason why i i did i did like it no but me too dang it the writer what no. oh okay I'm sorry but uh, there was yeah and there were there were some really good characters and scenes and like the bikers i really like the bikers and for some reason terry moore even though he writes he writes about women he's really afraid of them because there's a couple scenes in there where he's like oh i'm i'm more afraid of women than you know jumping off a bridge yeah. And and the, all the bikers are talking about how they're you know it's like oh she's trouble There's, you know she's got metal boobs guys yeah yeah um and, and another scene was when the military guys when they did attack her and you know there was a big explosion he did a really good job of doing the Saving Private Ryan kind of everything goes deaf yeah I yeah. like that yeah that's that was pretty it was cool. a, it was a nice it was a nice touch and everyone is speaking in little uh what's his squiggles face? And, yeah. yeah what's the character snoopy's side oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway yeah and everything he does woodstock? he does woodstock thank you he does deal with the the emotions i guess a little bit more than your usual spandex comic book hero way more yeah yeah but the, you know it it kind of ridiculously more um no, he does. Oh yeah. my dear God! Shut up about the fucking divorce. Um, well, you know they're going through a divorce. That's a hard time. 
you'll understand it if you go through it. Not wishing. What are you it trying on to you. say, Joel? Not wishing look, it on look, you. Look, what you're trying to say. Um, when you're poorly drawn and going through a divorce, <laughs> you'll complain about it. <laughs> But there, there was a couple good scenes. I just liked how the the military was doing this secret experiment, and they they off the scientist, and and now they're trying to get their bomb back because they're cutting all their ties with everybody connected with that bomb. I can understand that. It, you know, there was a big menacing military presence there. Uh, there is also another good scene where she was trying to reconcile with her husband. I really want to. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, he's trying to reconcile with her husband, and she you know, pulls open her shirt and like, touch him. That's the scene <laughs> that I hate. Well, the thing is, I, I think the moment hilarious. of like her being like, touch the metal lubes, and being like, you're batshit, oh God. Yeah. Like That was the yeah. moment that that entire scene condensed down to. Which could have been handled in two pages. Yes. It could have, you'd have one page with them arguing about her not signing the paperwork, and then the next page be like, Touch my metal boobs, <laughs> but they, you are nuts, you fucking psycho hose beast. But in that, in those four pages, it explained much more about that character than it did in any other part. That she has no money, she doesn't want the divorce. Uh, she lost her entire family and is still clinging on to her sister. All of which had already been explained in the book. It didn't say the whole family though. It was sure, just it did. They sister. had the whole scene with her sister before that, before the argument. Yeah, but does does that mean her parents died in the accident also? And then also the the fact that they were getting divorced was covered up by this mysterious box in the closet. I don't know exactly what that meant. Was it was it her stash box? Was it a vibrator? I, I can't really understand what exactly he was going at. I, it was okay. That, going, that part at, pissed me off. Well, it didn't piss me off, but his character pissed me off because I'm like, damn you, male hegemony. Um, no, uh, we rule the world. It's not even male hegemony. It's the whole the whole thought that I'm assuming it was a vibrator, and I'm assuming that the thought is like, once you are married, you're not supposed to masturbate ever <laughs> because that means sex. You're doing it wrong, right? Wait, women masturbate? God damn it! You don't. You just don't know what's in the mysterious box. But either or. <laughs> The mysterious box. No, That's a guess. metaphor for female genitalia. Oh my! I, I, it's layers. It's like an onion. Layers upon. I didn't understand that. Now that makes a lot more sense. I don't. He was talking about her box and not her box. Right. <laughs> it's deep. God. Her box or the box? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he's he's she's hiding her love away and all that kind of stuff. But anyway, um, I also it this. <laughs> It does cover the fact that what happened if if Superman or, you know, the Green Lantern, right? What if that fell into the hands of some crazy, psychotic, schizophrenic, homeless guy? You know, it probably wouldn't be a very good thing. So here's my It would be fantastic reading. It probably would be. Here's my my problem. (laughs) Military research facility creates liquid metal suit that bonds with its user to create super armor, gives it a jet pack, and does tests over the California desert, decides we need to get rid of said scientist, and decides that the best way to do that is to blow her out of the sky over an occupied desert with a fucking sidewinder. What? No, it wasn't. That's on par for the course of the rest of American military. (laughs) No, it was out. It was out in Aaron Fifty One. It was out in the middle of nowhere. Why not? Why not wait till she gets back to base, takes the armor off and puts it away, and then kill her? I think that's the thing is, is that she couldn't take their armor off. 
and then it's that's bonded. The, yeah, it's bonded. Sure, too. but you and still. So can... he wanted. They wanted to get rid of her and still keep the suit. So right, they... get rid of her by b- blasting it all over the fucking desert. What was their plan? Were they going to go out into the desert with a giant magnet after all of this and no, pick it all out, out of the sand? Yeah, uh, metal detector. Beep. Yeah, right. Beep. Yeah. No, no, it's great because there's the guy. No, there's the I guy found a 1915 nickel. It's it's amazing because the oh, scientist like goes and he's like he picks some of them up like he doesn't know what the fuck it's gonna do. Oh, there's this stuff. Oh, it's in my hand. Oh, right, it's, yeah, it's radioactive. Oh. But it doesn't bond, again. It doesn't bond to them there. <laughs> and that's that's there was a couple things, but yeah, you're right. So if you have someone in a jet suit, why do you send a, a hypersonic F-16 after it? You know, because something's flying at like 200 miles an hour, just going over physics, and the airplane is flying at 800 miles an hour. How are you going to catch up and uh, just take down no, this? All you need anyway. to do is you wait until they land. And you're like, way to go. Here's a beer. This tastes like almonds. <laughs> Game over, man. Yeah, special almond bitters. Uh, but I, th- I think the, the the silly thing about it is it's all about the emotional superpower. It's whether whether she likes you or not is whether this suit is good or not. That's you can true. feel the emotion. Yes. I felt it in my heart. You when you touch me, I felt it. There. Oh God! And speaking in of your box, yes, <laughs> the heart shaped box. My box told hey. me. Yes, um, I, I there, there's little things, little introductions I like. I really like the the little side character chick that supposedly is a badass and is hunting hunting her down and doesn't do a goddamn thing in the entire book. Yeah, it seems and like then, she's just Sherlock Sherlock Holmes or something. Um, yeah, but I I gotta I gotta talk about the end because no, please don't. Oh my god. The like the last page biker ex machina what? is the worst. The bike <laughs> no see the biker doesn't bother me. The the biker gang taking care of them like that that makes biker sense. God in the machine <laughs> is it is it is it he feels like love is that the problem? Oh my god! <laughs> Internal narration of, of doom deep and far away. A sense of motion, the smell of a lilac in California dusk. I think of Dylan. No. I feel him, warm and strong. He feels like love. I can feel the stars and the planets and all the tiny things in between I've never seen. Oh, my God! Wildcats. Oh. It's Wild so... Cat. Like it? I am grateful. I am alive. I'm gonna go. the, the, back, the back, the last page of this, uh, <laughs> like, I was mildly interested in finding out what was going to happen to Julie, and I was debating potentially buying the second trade <laughs> until the fucking until that page That's until fair. that fucking page because i didn't even mind that she got a flash of angie's memories right mm-hmm. that's the, okay so the suit took some of angie with it and <laughs> literally you get yeah literally <laughs> and you get, hey. and, uh, oh, you get it's you know, raining metal and small chunks of bone on me yeah <laughs> Uh, this smells like pork. <laughs> but my God, chili sounds delicious <laughs> right now. <laughs> Steaks, some sort of cooked meat. I, it, and, and then that last page, I was like, okay, now the suit is sentient, and it's fucking emo. <laughs> like, come on! I, I just, oh, it was so bad, so ham-handed. The end of that was so fucking terrible. It was really like internal narration. I will beat you over the head with a stick. Yeah. So here's a question for you guys that I didn't think about when Feels reading it. Like love. So 
the original pilot girl gets blown up in the air. How far up? Way uh, up. Always. Mm-hmm. It Wait. says at some point. 13,000 feet. Something Th- like that. 13,000 feet. Okay. So the chunks of metal that had bonded to her are falling from the sky. And... 17,500 feet. I think that's fast. That's terminal I think, velocity. I'm I was going to say, sure. I think that's high enough for terminal velocity. So according to Terry Moore... Why are they not bullets and why did they not just kill the hell out of Julie okay. and everything around her? Wait a minute. Now that I will... I'm not saying Julianne, but I'm saying the, the truck. truck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like... Like, okay, you know what? If you have this like magical metal that can bond to people, maybe fine. it can defy the laws of physics. But it can't bond to the truck. Yeah. So either we need the truck to be just completely pelted to hell and the like truck is the not a key character ever. in the story or yeah. super truck super truck. Ooh, super truck would be cool all about super truck super rolled truck. out kit version 2.0 oh man yeah. she could be a transformer because her and the truck have like the same mental bond with the dead oh, lady oh my god she's like a fu- she's like one of the fucking cyclones from robotech yeah she's gonna walk over to she her truck and it's gonna go super truck and turn into her armor yeah yeah Carrie Moore, this is our new vision for you. Yeah, seriously. It's much better than yours. <laughs> Just add some explosions, you'll sell millions. Michael Bay direct. I mean, what? I Coming this summer from the producers of Herpeterm. <laughs> Terry Moore's tragic tale of a girl and a super truck. Super Echo. <laughs> super metal truck. Yeah, metal why, why exactly is it called Echo? Is it because this I, one I, the psyche echo of the, the person? Yeah. Yeah. The Echo of Angie, yeah. So, Annie. I um, you say echo, I say impact radius. Hey <laughs> <laughs> yo, um, I, I don't know. There's just there's so many flaws in this book, and it's so so many. Just I thought I was the person hey. who was going to have the giant murder boner. Oh no, no I just no. going nuts. But guys, why why are you knocking? It's got a a, a nice plug from Harlan Ellison. I mean, just one plug. Just Harlan Ellison's plugging Julie. Yeah. <laughs> now he's plugging Terry Moore. Oh, oh wow. have you seen Terry Moore? <laughs> no. I mean, he drew a sketch for me a and, couple of Comic Cons ago. And speaking of the bikers at the end, I I think they're trying a little too hard. And one of them, a biker wearing an ascot. Yes. What? Yes. It, I mean, this guy at the end uh, that hands her his his biker jacket that's. With, fi- with the devil's little librarians lilac. do not need to be fucked with. <laughs> yeah. Nice. We will we will fuck you up with the Dewey Decimal System. <laughs> oh my gosh! I mean, I I like I like Biker Santa Claus. You, you know, he's a cool character. That guy actually looks so much like a buddy of mine in California. Yeah, uh, maybe that's that what we it call is. Big Mike. Like if Big Mike, Big Mike, sh- Big Mike, if Big Mike shaved his head, it would be that guy. Oh, sweet Jesus! Yeah, I'm telling you. Um, so this is the first black and white comic we've read. What do you make of that versus all the our color comics? Uh, if was it, had, it used effectively? Was it worth it being black and white? Should he have done it colorized? Uh, not if it's colored the way it is on the cover, because I don't like the coloring that's, that uh, he does on the cover. I actually, I don't mind. Like I said, Terry Moore's art in black and white works just fine, and I think he gears it for that. So it... it you know, he he has an effective use of of the line work to make sure that the black and white art comes across, you know, comes across well. And like you notice, the only place in the book where he uses gray tones is on the the metal armor. Yeah. Like everything else is stark black and white except the gray tone of the armor, which I think is kind of cool. But it, it the rest of it is just like it, it's. I've already discussed the problems that I had with the art in general. 
aside from the inconsistent print quality, I honest I do also think there is definite inconsistencies just in his art. Um, there are panels that look much more detailed than others, much more, much better rendered, um, and some of them look kind of rushed and you yeah. know don't don't look quite as detailed. So let me ask you guys a question: It's five issues. I think I think Ish. so. Four, four or five. five I like feel that. like so when you read a single issue, I think the single issues were two ninety nine, right? Sure, probably. Uh, this is sixteen. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So it's actually more expensive it's, than buying it in more, singles. Yeah. That's that bullshit. annoyed me when I bought it. I Including was like, tax, really? That's what, and it's black and white. Fifty nine. Yeah. 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 That shouldn't ever happen. Trades should always be cheaper. And I mean, unless this yeah. is so does swank. <laughs> <laughs> so does the internet. Oh, but uh, yeah, I have to pay what fifty dollars a month for the internet. It's fifteen bucks. You get a lot of grist out of this. <laughs> Just. <laughs> Look at it. Metal moves. No <laughs> nipples. Oh, well. So I'm guessing if we play the buy, borrow, or burn game, Joel and I are probably going to say borrow, and you, you two are going to say burn. Notice yeah, no I'm one's going to say buy, most likely. No. Yeah. No, 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 because buy. it's expensive. Borrow. <laughs> borrow. Yeah. I, I'm leaning. I'm at the bottom end of borrow and the top end of burn. Huh. Like, I just. That's positive. I. I it might appeal to somebody. It doesn't appeal to me, but I think I'm going to go ahead and just say burn. Like, I just don't like it. I, I think you should toss it up about 17,000 feet and blow it up with a, a heat-seeking <laughs> missile so that it can rain down and disappoint someone else. <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn. Uh, oh, oh, yeah, burn. I thought it was okay. Totally borrow it. If you think it, if you like stories that are about, they're like, it's a drama with a partial metal exoskeleton. If this is appealing, go for it. Yeah, uh, in in my opinion, though, if you want if you want Terry Moore's if you want to read a drama by Terry Moore where he's Strangers you know read, read Strangers in Paradise because that's what it's geared for. That's what I like, could see that. Yeah, Strangers in Paradise. It's, Strangers is definitely better. Is what Terry Moore is famous for, and there's a reason for that. Um, Strangers is Echo, also funny. I feel like here he was trying to take a more serious turn. Yes, that's fair. Um, so yeah, emphasis on the word trying well here i really just felt like he was an author that had put himself into one rut and was like i need to break out of my rut let's give it a go and i as a writer i totally respect that as a reader i'm lukewarm So we had no, not enough entries to the contest uh, again. Um, uh, we had, we have had three different people enter the contest oh, in the last few weeks. That's a three hundred percent increase. It is. Um, two of them from the UK, which is cool. Uh, wow. So. The contest continues. We're adding yet another book. Uh, the first book that was added into this phase of the contest is Desolation Jones. Uh, the second one being Echo, the one we're doing right now. Um, and the next one, which is two issue, or no, I'm sorry, Runaways is in there too. So it's up to four books now. Um, so Ooh. the next, next time one we're covering Runaways <coughs> and the book that we're right and the book we're doing in two shows is Umbrella Academy. Yes, Dallas. 
or sorry, Apocalypse Suite. Okay. Uh, so the contest now is really simple again. Send us an email that says, I want to enter the contest. Give us your address. Give us your name. You'll be entered into a contest that if we get 10 entries, we will give away copies of Desolation Jones, Echo, Runaways, and Umbrella Academy. You will get four free trade paperbacks for doing nothing but sending us an email. So the three of you who have entered the contest in the past, please go grab friends. Have them send us an email. Even better, have them listen to the show, but have them send us an email. We'll draw a name from a hat. Uh, The uh, deadline for entries for this contest is July 19th. We record the show in the evening on July 19th. If we have 10 entries by then, we'll draw from a hat and we will give away a bunch of trades. Um, The next show we're going to do is Runaways, as I just said. Brian K. Vaughn, and I don't remember who the fuck draws it. It is ah, uh, it is a Marvel book about a bunch of uh, a bunch of teenagers <laughs> whose parents are uh, they find out her, their parents are uh, not what they think they Super are. Villains. It, I don't think it's Tony Moore. So um, that's in two weeks. Like I said, we record on July nineteenth. So uh, if you want to ask us questions, send them in. So rate us on iTunes helps us out a lot. Did you guys actually? Before I get into this, did you guys have anything else you wanted to talk about before we do the wrap up here? Burn it. <laughs> it's not that bad. I'm not going to be Dead. here next week. Who is replacing me? Who can replace me? No one can We're replace you. We're going to pull a fucking homeless person off the street. Well, that looks probably, like Alan Moore. That can probably say Rudyard Clip. Clip of God. <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> yes! Rudyard that will be our audition process. Say mm. Rudyard Kipling. I'm going to put, Rud- my, I'm gonna put my cat in that seat. That's what I'm going to do. He'd probably do a little bit better. <laughs> so, Joe, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> That's fascinating. Either that or we'll just cut clips from old shows in and, and just, you know, have would, a sound, a Joel soundboard. It would probably be, a, yeah, I'm, I've been reduced to a do, soundboard. All we never do is push <laughs> Rudyard Clucklug. Rudyard Clucklug. Sup, Rudyard Clacklum. Over and over again. Oh, Adrian God. Alfona. I hate you guys so much right that now. That doesn't make any sense. Right now, yeah, it just took right now. No, yes, right now, but you know, it's varying levels. It's as a moment in time, <laughs> <laughs> hatred has, has increased. It's peaked. Yeah. Rate us on iTunes helps us out a lot. You can review us on Zoom. I'm not sure if we're up on Zoom yet, but go to social.zoom.net and search for the Trade Secrets Podcast and see if we're there. You can follow us on Twitter at Trade Secrets Pod. <clears throat> My uh, personal Twitter is at Geek Elite. Andy is at Mathtastrophe. Joel is at Superfly. Uh, Anne is at Anne Bean Tweets. You can like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash trade secrets podcast. Follow us on Tumblr at trade secrets podcast.tumblr.com. Join the forums on the website. Or, and if you want to be part of the show by asking us questions, sending us comments, telling us you love us, telling us you hate us, you can email us at trade secrets at geekerific.com or you can send uh, questions to any one of those portals Facebook, you can hit us up on Twitter, you can, any of those places. So, thank you, Anne. <laughs> no problem. Thank you, Joel. Hey, no problem. Thank you, Andy. Dead. And we're out. <laughs> <laughs>